Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. It's been a couple of years now that there has been this debate over organized sports and athletes who don't fit neatly into boxes of gender. And it's easy to overlook that being in the center of that debate can be demoralizing, demeaning, and distracting. You know, it costs mental energy that should be spent on competing. Today on the show, we've got Olympic runner Castor Semenya. Her memoir, The Race to Be Myself, gets into all of that. And she tells Here and Now's Deepa Fernandez about the stretch in time where she was forced to take hormones in order to compete. And while, yeah, it made the physical act of competing more difficult, it also had the effect of making her not happy. That's after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor LiveRight, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, Treachery, and Survival at the Edge of the World by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. South African runner Casta Semenya is one of the greatest competitors ever in the women's 800 metres, winning two Olympic gold medals and three world championships. Here's her victory in London in 2012. First across the line with a time of 155.28, a personal best and a South African national record. But ever since her victory as an 18-year-old at the 2009 World Championships in Berlin, Casta Semenya's inclusion in that race has been called into question. The International Association of Athletic Federations sought to bar her from competition, saying that elevated testosterone levels made Semenya unfit to run against other women. As Casta Semenya writes in her new memoir, in order to run her races, she was subjected to intrusive physical testing and required to take hormone-altering drugs. Casta's book is called The Race to Be Myself, and she joins us from our home base at WBUR in Boston. Casta, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Casta, you have been through so much. Why did you decide to tell your story now? I've grown, um, I'm matured now, but I've realized that uh, it's important for me to educate each and every individual about self-love, about self-respect, self-discovery, self-management, you know, self-control. I thought it's important to do it now. So, Castor, let's talk about this for people who may not know. You have what's called a difference in sex development, which meant that on the outside you're female, but unlike other women, you don't have a uterus. Can you explain to us how that works for you? With me, it goes with um, self-identity, understanding who you are. When you say I'm not woman enough, is it because I'm born different? It's because I'm masculine? It's because, you know, I have a deep voice. I like wearing, you know, trousers and stuff like that. Because I have a high testosterone level, it becomes a problem because I do good. But then they say I have an advantage. And to me, I always tell people that you don't gain advantage through those genetics. It's through hard work dedication and putting, you know, your foot down, making sure that you succeed. And in fact, science, and then further to that, through your legal battles, there, there really hasn't been any proof that 
a higher and elevated testosterone level in a woman gives yes. them an advantage in running. Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. Uh, there's no proof. There's never been a proof. There will never be a proof because in a medical term, we will say <clears throat> it's a disorder. And a disorder cannot make you phenomenal, cannot make you great. And it has always been a surprise that we are targeted. I don't know because of uh, the location, because of the color of the skin, because of women are not meant to do great things. And so for me, I'll say it's one of those personal issues that needs to be solved based on us as women waking up, taking ownership of our being, making sure that we as women, we take decisions you know, on our own. Let's talk a little bit about you, Casta, because you were very athletic as a child. You wanted to play soccer and hunt. Can yes. you talk about when you first discovered running? What did it feel like to realize that you were fast? When I run, I feel free. When I run, I feel like I own myself. I have the power to do anything that I want. And when I discovered that, I realized, you know what? I can be great because when I see Olympics, when I see world championships, I see these people are enjoying themselves is an expression, you know, of who you are. And since from age of six, uh, I knew that I was distanced to be great, uh, even when I played soccer. Yeah, you thought you were going <laughs> to make it big in soccer. It didn't quite turn out that way. It was running. So, Casta, as you are, you know, you're in your teens, you're you're getting very fast. And on the eve of your first big international competition, you were subjected to some really intrusive testing that they didn't even tell you about. Can you talk about that? Yes, of course. It's uh, one of those um, days where we'll say you lived under darkness, um, you live through hell because here you are, you're young, you know, you're a young girl. And then you've been deceived and then people start judging you. But what I can say is that it was one of those processes that did build me to be a great woman I am today. Yeah. You know, I think part of what you've been through um, is something that most people didn't really understand if they were just watching the headlines that came out, you know. And when you won almost immediately that first world championship – you came under heavy scrutiny yeah. and, and I wonder what that felt like because you were so young, you were still yeah. a teenager and all of a sudden, as you write in your book, reporters were descending on your village, they were fanning out to, to interview, not just to interview but you <laughs> say to find evidence that of somehow course. you were really a boy, not a girl. Talk about what that felt like. I felt, you know, disappointed when you're supposed to be celebrated. For me, it shattered me down. It made me feel unwanted. It made me feel like I don't belong. Because while you're going through this questioning, this doubting of whether you deserved to win, which included the withholding of your prize money, uh, for a period of time, yes. there was requirements that you take hormone-altering yes. drugs. It was not easy, to be honest, especially for London 2012, because I was under the medication. And, you know, the medication always made me feel sick. But that couldn't really stop, you know, my determination, you know. But if I may say, you know, prior to those, you know, games, 
it was hell for me because I trained hard as much as I could, but the body always failed me, you know, because the body was always heavy. I'm sweating each and every night. Because I can't of the sleep drugs. enough because of the drugs. And you see, that was a poison that when most authorities, most organizations, when they know they have power to shut you down, that's their tool. But for me, I told myself, you know what? I am not going to let no one decide my destiny. And every day I have been depressed. Every day I was not in a good state of mind. I've never been happy. Yet you were winning. Yes, of you course. You were winning major, top <laughs> of your field, and you weren't able to actually enjoy or appreciate that moment. Of course. It was never about me being happy. It was about me accomplishing the mission, my teenage life. I lived more like a, a middle-aged you know, woman, having to live with the responsibility that don't make me happy, you understand? And for me, I had to make sure that I show up, I smile, even if the smile is fake, but I had mm. to do that for the next generation because if you look at it, it was just about me sacrificing myself for the up, you know, young upcoming generation. Casta, you call out the racism in your book, yes. racism from the IAAF, the International Association of, of Athletics Federations, <clears throat> from the media, even from other runners, how they treated not just you, but yes. other African runners as well. If you, you look at the situation, it only affects only African and Asians. I have never seen any other athlete from other continents that are affected. And when you ask about that, people are more defensive. Instead of them giving you answers with respect, they are more defensive, they show arrogance, and then on top of that, they disrespect you as an individual. You recently won a landmark case against those who have not allowed you to run in the European Court of Human Rights, which agreed that your human rights were violated. And I just wonder, do you finally feel vindicated and does this mean that you can compete again? That's a win for life. When your human rights have been taken seriously, there are people who have common sense, you have won in life. That's hope to say, you know what, there are possibilities for us to go battle, to go fight for what is right. Those young girls, they, they, that they can compete. For me, it's all about advocating for them, fighting for them, making sure that they compete. I have won everything that I've ever wanted. For me now, it's for me to pave the way, making sure that no young other girl face what I had to endure. Casti, you have two daughters. Are either of them on track to take after their mother and be a world champion runner? Uh, of course, they will do their best. I'm sure they will be in swimming, tennis or golf. Running is not something that I'm looking for them to do. But if they decide to run, I'll be by their side, making sure that I guide them in terms of decision-making, teaching them what right, what is wrong, and teaching them to never let anyone violate them. But yeah, they're following the footsteps. <laughs> and, and let me correct myself, not just you, but both their mothers are champion of runners. Course. So yes. they probably uh, have it in their blood. And so we, we will keep our eye out for them. Two-time Olympic gold medalist Casta Semenya and her book is The Race to Be Myself. Casta, thank you so much. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.